Welcome to God's Acre On The Go, a worship podcast of the Congregational Church of New Canaan in New Canaan, Connecticut. To learn about the life of our church, our in-person ministries, and the virtual connections and offerings available, please visit us at www.godsacre.org. Now, wherever you are, wherever you are going, we welcome you to worship. Church family, good morning. This is the day the Lord has made, and we will rejoice and be glad in it. Welcome to God's Acre on the Go, wherever you happen to be traveling this summer, wherever you happen to be. We're so grateful to have you tuning in. We are going to continue our uh, stonemason series, uh, thinking about the foundation. So uh, God is rock last week, and we're thinking about what is that foundation and what is building a faith foundation look like uh, according to Jesus and according to the Gospels. And I know we're talking about uh, uh, rocks, but we're going to listen to an anthem about water. So prepare your hearts and minds to receive the word the Lord wants you to hear and have today as you listen to our anthem, Deep River. So as we continue our series on Jesus as stonemason, you may remember that uh, Jesus didn't use woodworking images in his sermons, but really 
uh, utilize a lot of stone and stone masonry images in his messages, uh, likely indicating that as a builder, as a tecton, which was Greek word for the vocation that Jesus had, as a builder, um, Jesus would have built with stone, and that's why probably so many of his illustrations uh, uh, deal with that matter. And uh, we're going to look at a uh, version of Jesus's teaching in the Gospel of Luke. Uh, you may be familiar with the Sermon on the Mount uh, in Matthew, but Luke has a similar teaching um, that is uh, shared in the sixth chapter of Luke, and it's called the Sermon on the Plain because it says Jesus was on a plain, you know, on a, a level plain of land. Uh, instead of on a mount when he gave this. But you'll notice as I begin that some of the teaching is very similar, uh, almost identical to the teaching on the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew. So in Luke chapter 6, verse 27, it says, But I say to you that listen, love your enemies, do good to those who hate you, bless those who curse you, pray for those who abuse you. If anyone strikes you on the cheek, offer the other also. And from anyone who takes away your coat, do not withhold even your shirt. Give to everyone who begs from you. And if anyone takes away your goods, do not ask for them again. Do to others as you would have them do to you. And, and Jesus continues in this vein of, of preaching and teaching that I know you're familiar with. And then it, it concludes this way. He says, why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not do what I tell you? I will show you what someone's like who comes to me. Here's my words and then acts on them. That one is like a man building a house who dug deeply and laid the foundation on rock. You hear that masonry uh, language and imagery? It's like someone who laid the foundation on rock. And when the flood arose and the river burst against that house, it could not shake it because it had been well built. But the one who hears and does not act it's like a man who built a house on the ground without a foundation. When the river burst against it, immediately it fell, and great was the ruin of that house. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let's pray together. Uh, Lord, we trust that you have a word that you desire to impart to each and every one of us, myself included. We pray that in this time together, you might speak to us, whether through my words or just the, the way your spirit moves in our time together. Guide our thoughts, guide our impulses, guide our actions in the ways you want us to go, in the ways you want us to live. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. So as I've already said a couple of times in this Stonemason series, we're going to focus uh, now on the foundation. Uh, if God is rock, as the Psalms assert, we need to inquire how we ground our lives in God on that rock, that bedrock of our faith. Uh, years ago, I, I have this memory of this uh, story, a relatively small ferry boat uh, capsized around the Greek island, island somewhere. Uh, and, and I remember there was this loss of life and there was desperate search for survivors. And as often happens in those tragedies, the authorities were ready to transition from search and rescue, you know, looking for people who are alive to a recovery effort, um, looking for those who have died. But just as they were ready to make that transition, this teenage boy who'd been on the ferry was found clinging to a rock outcropping just a few miles off one of the islands, and apparently he'd been there for days. Now, when he was finally able to be interviewed, he was asked if he was scared, and he said he was absolutely terrified. He said he'd been shaking with cold and with fear for days. But then I remember he said, but the rock that he'd been clinging to for dear life was not shaking. 
and somehow how that gave him strength to endure. See, I, I think that's what Jesus is getting at in part in the scripture. Uh, how can we build lives that are unshaken by the storms and circumstances of life that threaten to sweep us away? How, how do we ground our lives in God so that we stand firm? Now, as I've studied the life of Jesus over the years, I've tried to understand why so very many people sought him out and traveled great distances to get to him. You know, Jesus was a healer, we know that, and I suspect that that was a draw, to be sure. But, you know, I've always thought there must be something about the way Jesus taught, his pedagogy, that, that was uh, particularly compelling. You know, over time, I have noticed something that might have been unique about Jesus' teaching style. Uh, you remember the commandments, right? There are the 10 we're most familiar with. And then, and then there are another 613 Levitical commands that expound and elaborate on those first laws. So just, you know, you can think about this as a little quiz. Can you, can you pick up the pattern as I talk through these? Um, if you think of those 10 commandments, uh, you have, uh, have no other gods before me, things like do not make graven images, don't take the Lord's name in vain, don't kill, don't steal, don't lie, don't covet, you know. Uh, and if you, th those are the 10 commandments. If you go into other o Old Testament Levitical law, you'll get uh, commands like do not converse with wizards, do not do sorcery, do not attempt to contact the dead. All of that is in the Bible. Um, so set that against Jesus's commands. Jesus says, love your enemies, do good to those who hate you, bless those who curse you, pray for those who abuse you, do to others as you would have them do to you. Can you, can you see the difference? I mean, Old Testament commands tend to be prohibitions, right? Thou shalt not. Uh, they're most often formed in the negative, but Jesus's commands are different. Now, they're not necessarily easier, but they're noticeably different. Instead of giving us a list of things we should avoid doing, Jesus gives us positive activities we can engage in that fulfill the desires of God. Now, some people do respond to negative reinforcement without question. Thou shalt nots are important. But you know, offering people positive activities instead of a list of prohibitions can be, frankly, just more inspiring. And, and that was Jesus's approach to teaching. Remember, Jesus was a builder, tecton, right? And, and his commands often had a building quality to them. Jesus wanted to build people up. Jesus wants to build us up into the people God created us to be. And as every builder knows, every good builder at least, to build well, you must begin with a firm foundation. The foundation is where it starts. So Jesus said to the crowds gathered around him, I will show you what someone's like who comes to me, hears my words and acts on them. That acting is important. Let me tell you about people who come to me, hear my words and act on them. He said, that one is like a man building a house who dug deeply and laid the foundation on rock. I'll tell you, digging a foundation by hand is a pain in the rear, particularly here in New England. If you've, if you've ever tried to set footings manually, you know it's absolutely grueling work and it's work people don't see. It's under the surface. When you, for instance, build a stone wall, no one ever comments on the foundation work. They don't see it. You know, to build one of those beautiful and iconic New England stone walls, you have to begin by digging a ditch that's deeper, or at least almost as deep, as the frost line. New England frost heaves ruin, absolutely ruin stone walls. 
So the first step in building a wall that's going to stand the test of time is to dig deep, at least two feet deep. Now, here's the problem with digging in New England. The first, I don't know, eight to 10 inches are pretty darn easy. But after that, you hit this stony till, which is made up of topsoil and a ton of tiny little rocks. And it's just incredibly, you wouldn't think this would be the case, but it's incredibly difficult to drive a shovel into that stone mixture. You know, I find it's often easier to dig out an entire boulder, and then you have the empty hole there, than to kind of pick through all the stony till to get deep enough for the footing of your wall. You know, uh, the point is, and I, this is Jesus's point, to get down to a level uh, for a solid footing is hard work that's rarely visible. And, and, and faith work is like that. And, and let's just point out, faith work, according to the story, it's not just hearing the right words or thinking the right thoughts. It's not nodding in uh, agreement with a sermon. No, it's, a, it's about right acting. It's about putting Jesus's commands into practice. And, and that's, that's faith work and that's hard work. To be grounded in God, we need to do a lot of demanding work, work that most folks will never see. And when you think of what that kind of foundational faith work is, um, I, I think one of the best articulations is early on in the book of Acts, the early Christian church. It says in Acts chapter 2 that the people, the followers of Jesus, it says they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and fellowship, to the breaking of bread and the prayers. What that means is that worship, Bible study, daily prayers, fellowship, uh, that is the daily shovel and spade work of our faith. That, that's faith cultivation. Those are the practices that, that ready the spiritual soil for what's next. Before a firm foundation can be set, you need to get down to and make contact with the substance of God. You've got to do the prep work if you're going to be pleased with the finished product. Now, the next step after digging deeply enough and after setting down a layer of crushed stone, typically when you're building a wall or any other structure, you, you set the first stones in place and those first stones tend to be the biggest ones. Now, I find this so frustrating. It's it, moving these huge stones. It's such hard and heavy work and, and most of it still is completely under the surface. When, when, when you come over and look at one of my stone malls, if you ever do, uh, I'm actually gonna point out the stones you can hardly see because those were the ones that were most challenging to move and the ones I'm most proud of. You know, uh, it's frustrating because all this hard work and most of it, again, is under the surface. That, that's a stonemason truth for you. Foundation work is always below the surface work. And let me tell you, there's a lot of below the surface work that each and every one of us needs to do. So you do the spade and shovel work to get down to the bedrock, that worship, study, prayer, fellowship. And then you've got to start construction with these big, heavy, cumbersome, big, cumbersome building blocks. Those, those building blocks, those foundation stones, the foundational practices of our faith are weighty. You know, we, we read some of them together. They're, they're, in, your, uh, your, they're in the scripture that we read. Uh, those foundation stones are like, love your enemies. That's a building block right there in the Christian faith. Love your enemies. Or, and do good to those who hate you. Bless those who curse you. Pray, try praying for those who abuse you. Turn the other cheek when you're struck. Give to everyone who begs from you. I mean, that's heavy stuff. But that is what a Christian life is built upon. It can be frustratingly difficult, but it's a life, a life grounded upon God and founded on the teachings of Jesus just doesn't allow for shortcuts. 
You know, dig, dig deep through worship, prayer, study, fellowship, and then you start laying the foundation stones by learning how to love and how to forgive and how to be merciful and generous, even if no one ever notices the work you're doing. But I'll tell you, once that foundation work is done, you really can build a sturdy and satisfying life, a, a, a beautiful life. I mean, there are people of faith, uh, many of you who are so spiritually sound, you're not easily shaken. Your foundation is firm, and as a result, your life is stable, secure, and frankly, uh, you turn out to be something of an inspiration for others. I mean, I can tell, I can just tell when I'm with someone who's done their spiritual sight work well. There's a depth, a strength, a, a calm about them. When a harrowing diagnosis is received, uh, when there's trouble in the family, or when there's a, a terrible loss or great challenge, those who have spiritual depth aren't shaken as easily as the rest of us. And in my experience, that grounding, that connection with God only comes through consistent daily effort. Uh, just an example, Bob Kennedy. For those of you that are members of our church, uh, you may remember Bob. Um, I've been thinking about Bob. Bob uh, died last year, and, and we just received this incredibly generous gift from his estate. And I was thinking about him this week uh, if you know him, you, you'll know what I'm talking about. Uh, Bob was a deeply committed person of faith. He grew up in the church, and his father was an acclaimed singer of sacred and secular music, uh, sang in the church constantly. Christianity was central in the Kennedy household. When Bob and Sally moved to New Canaan, Bob became the stalwart member of this church. He served uh, in many different ways, but as both chair of trustees and senior deacon which meant Bob could successfully chair a stewardship campaign and he could lead Sunday prayers with an equal degree of ease and grace. I mean, you'd be hard-pressed to find a more generous, humble, well-grounded person. Bob had this deep foundation in faith, and you could just tell. Everyone could tell. Everyone in the church can tell. In fact, his company, the company he joined in 1955, the company he served throughout his entire career, that company could tell that Bob was incredibly well-grounded. So in 1986, after one of the worst chemical disasters in world history, take a guess at who Union Carbide selected as their president and chief executive officer. Their choice was the one person they knew could lead that company forward, the one person who, who could help Union Carbide make amends and bring healing to the people of Bhopal, India. Bob uh, and I talked a lot about his experience leading through that uh, really catastrophic event. And I remember Bob said he had two jobs. First was to lift the spirits of the thousands of good Union Carbide employees who were beyond disheartened at what had happened. And second, to make sure that generous reparations uh, were made to the people of India. Now, uh, those of you that know him know that this is true. Bob would never take the credit, but he wound up succeeding like no one else could. You see, well-grounded people of faith people whose foundation is in the Lord, people who, who build their life on the rock of our salvation might even find that organizations, entire organizations, lean upon them in times of challenge. Now, if your footing is in the sand, continually uh, shifting and sifting under us, we're going to be washed away by every little worry that bursts against us. But when we dig deep, when we set our lives on the rock, and when our foundation is built on the teachings of Jesus, you know, we can withstand the pressure placed upon us and the weight of any circumstance. Our lives can inspire others. The work we do below the surface 
can allow for something beautiful to be constructed in full view of others and, and to the glory of God. Now, in honor of our Savior and stonemason, Jesus Christ, I want to just give one more new Canaan masonry example of the beauty that can arise from a solid foundation. In my opinion, the most impressive and gorgeous stone wall in our town surrounds the old Taggart Estate at 544 Owen Oak Ridge Road. Go check it out. It's a dry stone wall, which means it's not filled with concrete as most ornamental stone walls are today. Uh, it, it's a work of art. It's six feet in height, running for hundreds of yards. It, it actually was built in the 1980s, but I'm told on good authority that shortly after its construction, a huge section came apart and tumbled to the ground as if an earthquake had hit. And, and in a way, that's exactly what happened. You see, the, the only reason a dry stone wall falls down in our neck of the woods is because the foundation wasn't dug deeply enough and the winter frost heaves inevitably do their damage. Now, the then owner of the property can be forgiven, I think, because apparently he was the former mayor of Mexico City. And guess what doesn't happen in Mexico City? The ground doesn't freeze. I mean, you can build a wall right on top of the soil down there and, and not really worry about it at all. So as a result, initially, a shortcut was taken just up the street a ways, and as a result, a wall came tumbling down. Now, the, the wall at 544 Oak Ridge was clearly rebuilt, foundation was properly set, and now it is a thing of beauty for everyone to see. See, when you're willing to dig into matters of faith, when you're willing to excavate beneath your own chilly frost line, when you hit solid rock, and when you begin to build your life on the positive commands of Jesus, loving, forgiving, being merciful, generous, even when no one can see the work you're doing, when you do that, you become extraordinarily well-built. You find you're better able to handle the pressure and weight and storms of life, and as you rise, stone upon stone, others take notice. Others will ask you to take on challenges that you seem uniquely prepared for. Others will want to be built the way you're built. Others will ask you how it is done. And when that happens, perhaps, perhaps you can tell them. You can tell them about your Savior, the stonemason, our Lord Jesus Christ. Let's pray. Uh, Lord God, we get so busy, busy sometimes that we, we don't take the time or make the time for uh, the simple but important uh, acts of faith cultivation. Uh, worship, Bible study, fellowship, prayer uh, sometimes uh, uh, aren't a part of our daily existence, and we know they should be. So help us to make time to do that spiritual spade work so that we've got a chance to get down to the rock, the grounding that is you. And then, Lord, uh, help us to really grapple with the foundation stones, the foundational practices of our faith, uh, loving not just those who appeal to us, but those who are at odds with us, uh, being merciful, being gracious, being generous. Help us to cultivate a life that is uh, well-grounded in you so that something beautiful and extraordinary and useful can be built with us and upon us. We pray all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, church family, I hope that you have a uh, blessed week this summer, wherever you happen to be. Um, and now may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord's face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord look upon you with kindness and give you peace now and forevermore. Amen. Thank you for joining us for Worship on the Go. To support this podcast and the ministries of our church, 
please consider making a contribution by clicking the Give button in the top right on our website, www.godsacre.org, or within today's email. God bless you and have a wonderful week.